This is Will Fuller, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, alongside Alan Seslowski joining today, and we have a very special guest. He is the leading uh, Miami Dolphins beat writer down there in Miami, the great free state of Florida. He is Armando Salguero. You can find him on Twitter at Armando Salguero, S-L-S-A-L-G-U-E-R-O. Armando, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Alex. What's up, Alan? Hey, Armando, man. It's nice to meet you. We, we, have, uh, we have a very short time here with Armando. He's a very, 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 very busy man with radio hits all over the place. So we're just going to go ahead and rapid fire some questions. My first one for you, Armando. Do you think that the Dolphins wanted to, um, wanted to target running back in this draft and maybe got swindled the way they did last year reportedly with J.K. Dobbins? Um, and then how, how do you see things uh, playing forward now with Miles Gaskin? Do you think he can hold on to that leading role? Well, I think he's the starter at training camp. So let's put it right there. What happens after that, that's up to Miles Gaskin and wh- whoever else they have on the roster. Swindled. Interesting, interesting <laughs> word. So clearly they wanted Javante Williams. It was it was there for them. They were a pick away, and the Denver Broncos swooped ahead of them and picked Javante Williams from North Carolina. Did the Dolphins value him? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. But they also had a high value on Javon Holland, the safety that they got, and is now basically their starting free safety because they got rid of Bobby McCain today. Hey, uh, Armando, Will Fuller is one of my favorite players to draft in fantasy football. He can literally win you the week, any given week. What are the Dolphins' plans for him? Is he just more of going to be someone who opens up the field for the rest of the players, or are they going to try to use him how the Houston Texans use him and how Deshaun Watson found him deep for uh, for mega touchdowns? Oh, no. Uh, clearly, the guy has the speed to burn. He is a deep threat. The Dolphins lacked a deep threat last year. Now they have two uh, with Jalen Waddell as well. So, you know, for Will Fuller to work out, Will Fuller has got to stretch the field and open it up for a Mike Gesicki and a Devontae Parker underneath. How how much of a – just – but, but, but behind the scenes, how hard of a decision was it to go with Waddle over maybe an offensive lineman whenever you look at Tua and you want to do everything you can to help the guy? Um, how did you feel about going with a speedy wide receiver like Jalen Waddle maybe over some of the – I mean, they passed on two really, really good offensive linemen, two great offensive tackles. Did you think that they might go that way or was it always to you just getting more weapons as far as the offensive skill players? Yeah, I I, uh, I went with a failed hashtag this year. Load up for Tua. 
Hashtag <laughs> for Tua. So to replace hashtag tank for Tua in 2019. And you load up for Tua by providing him weapons. They did get, you know, Liam Eichenberg in the second round. He's going to compete at right tackle. And I know they passed on Panay Sewell, but, you know, that was never really the, the direction. It was always playmaker, someone that scores touchdowns, someone that makes the other team worry. No one prepares for a right tackle. It just doesn't happen. Uh, you know, Bill Belichick isn't going to go, how do we stop the Dolphins offense? Yeah, we got to stop that right tackle. So it was always going to be a playmaker. My gripe if you can call it that, is that they traded down from number three. Basically, they got a first-round pick in 2023, but they didn't get Kyle Pitts this year. They didn't get Jamar Chase this year. And those two are better than Jalen Waddell. Do you want me to, uh, in your judgment, did they ever seriously consider taking a quarterback? They have to be slightly worried. You're close to the team, especially after seeing what Justin Herbert did. Nobody wants another narrative like, look what the Bears did, trading up for Trubisky when Mahomes and Watson were on the board. Is there any concern uh, internally from your judgment about Tua? Is there concern? There is um, focus on Tua, and the focus is, we need him to be better. We got to get him better. Was there a focus on a, a quarterback in the draft, in, especially in the first round? Absolutely not. The, the quarterback focus this offseason was going to be Deshaun Watson. If he was made available, the Dolphins were absolutely, and I've reported this, were absolutely going to be in that derby. But once that, that thing went away with the problems that Deshaun Watson has legally, then the Dolphins were off the quarterback uh, situation. I thought I, I whenever I looked, it, it's 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 interesting. Just going back to what you said earlier, I, it feels like that the Bengals did the same sort of thing, helping Burrow with going chase instead of going with the offensive lineman at the very beginning. I couldn't believe that the Bengals. You know, I, I think that they had the. Sh- I have to go back and look, but I thought that they had a shot at Eichenberg too before the Dolphins even took him. I was surprised that they wouldn't have. Uh, you know, wanted to w- wanted to address offensive line that early. That that I I'd forgotten that the Dolphins had come back around and gotten Eichenberg. That makes the that makes the um, the pick at the very beginning feel a lot more suitable. Um, as far as the t- I believe I should have had I should have prepared better. I don't have the draft pulled up, but I believe they took a tight end. Which one tight end did they take? Hunter Long. Hunter Long. Hunter Long. Like, yeah. So to, so what does this mean? Uh, how do you? What's your book on him? And do you think that Mike Gesicki, man, in fantasy circles, especially dynasty, where they put a, a, pr- a premium on tight ends and these tight end premium leagues, people have been waiting on the Gesicki breakout. It feels like we started to get it last season. But it felt like that was because there was such a dearth of wide receiver guys, you know, with Preston Williams going down. I mean, he, he too, was having to throw the ball to little guys like Jakeem Grant and um, Lynn Bowden Jr. and some of these other guys. It felt like Gesicki was sort of pushed up due to that. Could you see him maybe, maybe you know, after what he was able to do last year, taking a more permanent sort of role as a guy who's featured in that offense? Or is he just going to get boxed out by all these, I mean, Waddle, Fuller, Devontae Parker? That's not a lot of footballs to go around. Right. Uh, so Gesicki led the team in touchdowns last year with six. And clearly, if that happens again, something went wrong with <laughs> Jalen Waddle, uh, you know, uh, acquisitions. Having said that, my concern with Gesicki is not so much 
Waddle and Fuller and Devontae Parker, it's Tua. Because a lot of the damage, in fact, most of the damage that Gesicki did last year was when Ryan Fitzpatrick was in the game. He mm-hmm. and Fitzpatrick had a chemistry and a, and a thing going on, clearly a friendship going on, that translated on the field and you saw it. And it didn't work the same when Tua was on the field. He didn't have the same sort of connection with Gesicki that that Ryan Fitzpatrick had. Is he going to get that this year? I, I don't know. I My guess is that because there are more footballs uh, going to be distributed elsewhere, that Gesicki's stats might go down a little bit. Uh, but the thing to watch is, does Tua... And Gesicki, that connection, is there the chemistry that we saw last year? Armando, do you play fantasy football? I do not. I don't have time. (laughs) (laughs) I suck. There's there's a fantasy called a vulture, and what a vulture is is a not, is a running back that takes touchdowns that nobody has on their team. How many uh, touchdowns is Malcolm Brown going to vulture from the rest of the impeccable starters? Oh yeah, Not, just the the whole idea of Miles Gaskin getting the ball, you know, on first and goal from the one. When you have Miles Gaskin, two hundred and seven pounds, Malcolm Brown, two hundred and twenty pounds. Let Is that me, why they brought him in? Is that why they brought him in for sure? Yeah, artists? well, they they think that he is obviously a a hard runner, a bigger back, someone who can. If the pile is there, he can move the pile a little bit. Not necessarily a breakaway back. In fact, that's what the Dolphins lack right now, the breakaway back. They don't have any of them. I think Salvin Ahmed is the guy with the longest run on the roster at 31 in his career. Hmm. In his career, that's the longest run by any Dolphins running back on the roster. Well, speaking of the running backs, so um, Jared Dokes was taken six foot, six foot, two hundred and thirty pounds, kind of a bulldozer of a guy. But if you watch, if you watch some of his film from college, he actually catches the football pretty well. He moves all right. I mean, just given the fact, but he he was just a seventh round pick, so very little draft capital. So, just one last question for you, Armando, and we'll let you get out of here with Jared Dokes. Have you been able to hear anything or um, maybe draw anything about how they might want to use him? I mean, we talked about Gaskin. We talked Malcolm Brown's still there. I guess, you know, Ahmed, Patrick Laird, these guys are still there. It feels like a very uninspiring committee for people who are drafting maybe in their fantasy leagues right now, maybe in the last round of drafts. Do you think maybe you could take a flyer on a guy like Jared Dokes and maybe hope that he just comes in and, Maybe just, I mean, he's a bigger guy, but he looks like he can, looks like he can hold up to a load. Uh, James Robinson was an undrafted guy last year for the Jaguars that came in to, after Leonard Fournette was gone to a similar kind of seeming backfield and was able to ascend. Is, do you think that's a possibility at all for Dokes? Yeah, that's a good long question, Alex. Uh, <laughs> but I guess the short answer is he's going to have a great opportunity. Uh, Earlier this week, I rated the Dolphins position groups one to 10 and number 10 was the running back core. They're not accomplished. They don't have a high pedigree. It's just like you said, it's not an inspiring group. 
that you think, wow, this is the guy and there's no doubt about it. So opportunity is going to be there. Obviously, I haven't seen Dokes on the field, you know, with NFL players. So I don't know what he looks like yet. That starts to happen this weekend at their rookie mini camp. But assuming he's a 230-pound guy that runs like a 230-pound guy, uh, you know, there's going to be opportunities for him. What we talked about with Malcolm Brown at 220 and, you know, kind of move the pile kind of thing. If Dokes is more of that and better, then all of a sudden Malcolm Brown loses his spot. And, if you know, the, the point that I'm making is it's a wide open room. It's a wide open competition. Uh, Todd Gurley, 2013, 14, isn't walking through those doors. Derrick Henry uh, is in Tennessee. I don't think they the Dolphins have a guy that they are absolutely enamored with and absolutely going to say he's our guy and we're going to ride or die with him. It's, it's going to be awesome to get back out to a live rookie mini camp, isn't it, man? It's going to be great. <laughs> it would be great. The Dolphins are going to close it, though. So, oh, okay. Well, well, it would be great, but maybe, yeah. maybe soon, soon, soon. Uh, things just seem 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 like they're getting back to normal. So, we'll we'll have you guys back doing your normal, excellent re- reporting soon enough. The one thing is, uh, when guys get on the field, whether it's open to the eyes of reporters or not. We find out. <laughs> You're going to hear about it. He is one of the best. Armando Salguero. Find him on Twitter at Armando Salguero. I think it's fascinating what he said about that there was no no one. They weren't looking at another quarterback. Yep, they were looking at Deshaun Watson. That, to me, means when, he, when Tua inevitably has back-to-back three interception games, there's going to be a lot of discussion of, uh, of regret and remorse that the same thing that the Bears had when they saw Watson – and uh, and Mahomes get drafted after they traded up for Trubisky. They see what Herbert did. They they passed on uh, they passed on Justin Fields. I, I'm going to be interested to see. I want no part of Tua being that there's real risk for him in Dynasty for him not being on the, the roster as the starter next year. Well, I think that that also brings up some other good points. And let's just get into the rest of the Dynasty rankings. And I want to talk to you about some of these rookies because it's the first week that we've added in rookies into the Dynasty startup rankings. You and I went through a little bit of that process. I had some suggestions for you. Um, and, and I mean, honestly, this thing came up with how I was planning on ranking Amari Rogers with the whole thing with Aaron Rogers. And it worries me about Devontae Adams. I moved him Devontae Adams down on the best ball cheat sheet. It worries me about, you know, Amari Rogers. It worries me about Robert Tunyon. If we're talking tight end premium, it worries me about Aaron Jones. If Jordan Love is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, I mean, anything that we have in Dynasty as far as as far as Green Bay goes, I mean, it's a monumental fall, and it's it hurts me especially badly. Having made a blockbuster trade this offseason in one of my most important dynasty leagues for Devontae Adams, you know, and on, on, on a win now team that I really wanted to put over the top. Um, he, he's not dead think? yet. Are you he's starting? Not- well, but but I'm just saying, are we starting to – are we start? Aaron Rodgers seems like he's a pretty – he's a guy who's pretty stuck in his ways. Once he makes a decision, I kind of trust him, especially if it's something about being petty or like he just really seems like the t- kind of guy – who we should worry about this with and not just consider it rhetoric, trying to get a contract or trying to get his way with some kind of new player coming in or anything like that. 
Well, or, they already they already or, offered him to be the highest paid QB in the league, and and he said that's not what I'm that's not what this is about. That's what already leaked out. So you're absolutely right. And the good news is about Devontae Adams is that there's other great options where you'd have to draft him. So yeah, if you're drafting a new startup or best ball, you don't take him. You just let somebody else take him. In your okay. situation where you traded for him. Now, that's a different story. You you know you, you didn't, <laughs> yeah, you didn't get fun. what you paid for. You didn't <laughs> yeah, get what you paid no, for. No, and and it, you know I, I feel like they're still outs, man. But you would, whenever you hear guys like Rob Domofsky, these guys who are really plugged in, saying that he thinks that there's a, only a five percent chance he's back, and all I just whew, it makes you feel really weird, really goosey about it. And it had it truly it it made me have to think about where I would be slotting. A guy like Amari Rogers. Uh, previously, I thought, you know, he's going to Green Bay. What a landing spot for a kid that we think is absolutely so sick. Pretty good draft capital. But I started having the discussion with myself. I was just, you know, like the discussion with myself. Like some kind of crazy asshole sitting in the corner discussing things with my own self. But I started thinking, I started thinking about I'm on Ross St. Brown. Going to the Detroit Lions, what an excellent landing spot that is. Uh, he automatically, as I said on the serious show over the weekend, automatically becomes the best wide receiver that they have. Um, I, I think the Monroe St. Brown is going to have to go in startups before Amari Rogers at this point. I, I'm not sure that that was completely clear before. What do you think about Amari now that we don't know about Jordan Love and then um, Monroe St. Brown? I think he should probably be good. I mean, I was thinking it's probably fair to slot him somewhere around where we would slot guys that, you know, were going pretty high in startups last year, but sort of disappointed guys like Henry Ruggs, Jalen Rager, Denzel Mims. That seems about like the fair territory for me. How do you see it? And what do you think about that sort of initial slotting that I recommended for uh, um, um, for Amon Raw? Well, you guys had uh, an amazing uh, watching experience, amazing scouting report on Amari Rogers, and and I, I take that to heart. That was your first uh, evaluation of him. And what we learned in Dynasty Fantasy Football is let's not overrate the situation. We have to account for it, but look what many people across the fantasy industry did with A.J. Brown. They had him as their wide receiver one, then he landed in a presumably bad situation in Tennessee, and he was like wide receiver five. You and I were talking about him that he might be the wide receiver one and two or into a dynasty right now. So let's not overreact to the situation, especially since the, the, the quarterback situation in Detroit isn't much better, right? I mean, we've all heard that Jordan love is barely capable of being an NFL quarterback. Uh, I, those reports are probably slightly exaggerated and a player He's Michael capable Martin. of being in it. I mean, speaking of the right. Senior Bowl, we we saw him there at the Senior Bowl last year. It, like he wasn't ready then. He wasn't ready then. But right. it wasn't like he's a he's a good looking prospect. I mean, he just he, he just didn't he didn't have it yet. You know, I I'm not sure he has it yet. I'm I'm not sure that he does have it yet. I haven't been at practices, um, so I don't. It's just it it it's 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 not Aaron Rodgers. It, it is Aaron Rodgers. These two players I, we go back to back in the. I've done three rookie drafts already. Amon Ra and Amari Rogers. Uh, one, I think, one went ahead of the other in two drafts, and the other guy went behind it. They literally go in the same two, three pick range. So it's pick your flavor. Like I said, Detroit is You've done not a lot an, more than three rookie drafts. You give me three rookie drafts since the NFL draft. Since the NFL draft, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you know I'm a sicko. I'm in 22 <laughs> leagues now. Can you believe yeah, that? Yeah, it's a lot. I, 
Yeah, it's it's uh but I, I insist on these 30, 35 man rosters just so I don't have to do any maintenance because you're not doing any pickups unless you're like picking up like a Dearness De- Johnson during the mm-hmm. you don't have to do one of them. Uh right. but to answer your question directly, I I still like your evaluation. You you saw firsthand that Amari Rogers is a sick prospect. He's a running yeah. back and a wide receiver in the same body, a Debo Samuel plus. So I like that. I think that I, I still don't think there was I was reading uh salary cap articles and it looks like that it's almost prohibitive. I know it's not prohibitive, but almost prohibitive for Aaron Rodgers not to be on that roster on another roster this season. It's, he either has to retire or play for the Green Bay Packers, according to the, you know, some of the the finances of this stuff. Like there's major cap ramifications in this year. I think that uh, all right, so but what about so I think that that's right. What do you what do you think about Amon Ross St. Brown as he relates to Amari Rogers though now that we know the landing spots? Yeah, I'm still going with the what I think is the better player. And again, if you told me that uh Amon Ross the better player, fine, but I like that they got another Randall Cobb in his peak ready to go in Green Bay. I mean, that's what he reminds me of. A, a combination of Randall Cobb meets Debo Samuel. Um, he's he's going to be... If you know, A.J. Brown was a little bit smaller, he would look like... He, yes. He, he, he would look like Amari Rogers, right? Yeah. That's, no, he was just I, built like a thick, thick brick house. Your react, your scouting evaluation and Byron's scouting evaluation of Amari Rogers when you came back from the Senior Bowl stuck with me. I, I only see it once in a while. There's like a little twinkle in your voice, and, and I can read it through your text, too. You talked about this yeah. with Cooper Cup. Okay, yeah. you talked you talked about this again with Amari Rogers. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying Amari Rogers is going to be a top 12 wide receiver, but if he could be wide receiver 16 for the length for the next five years, you know, maybe one year, 14, one year, 18. And I can put him in my starting lineup and not have to worry about it. a player. I'm drafting in the second or third round of my rookie drafts. That is a major win. That's how you win dynasty fantasy football. Well, let me ask you this. You mentioned earlier, the whole thing about AJ, AJ Brown, a name that keeps coming up. And I look, man, I've heard, um, I've heard, I've heard our, well, I mean, my friend, I don't, I don't know if you know, JJ Zacharyson, he does the, number fire podcast or the what's i forget his pot oh the, oh, the late the late round late podcast. Round. yeah and i i've heard him on there after the draft talking about how he didn't want to make the same mistake with rashad bateman that he made with aj brown which was yeah. and it's it's something that i've thought about too you know i didn't i i didn't get aj brown was my number one wide receiver in that class but after the post nfl draft i did not have him at wide receiver one i had dk metcalf at wide receiver one, because I thought the situation was better. I thought the quarterback play, the, the quarterback play that I was expecting was certainly a lot better for Mech. And I, that didn't really turn out to be that bad. But um, I think the, the, the Rashad Bateman thing, I mean, Rashad Bateman, we had him, I forget, I, Trashman and Byron had him a little bit higher than me. I don't have our staff rookie rankings pulled up, but I think he was our wide receiver four as a consensus. Yes. No, that's right. Four. He was four. I mean, but he goes to Baltimore the absolute to me it feels like to 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 me it's a harder sell to say aj brown is not to me it's like the situation aj brown fell into at tennessee even looking back at it realizing that i could you know i could be biased sort of knowing what's actually happened but it feels like that situation even then comparing it to what baltimore is and as far as what baltimore looks like it's going to be wanting to do the Baltimore situation is just really bad. And we had talked about it before the draft. One of these guys were like, man, is it Elijah Moore that's going to get swindled? Is it going to be Rashad Bateman that gets swindled? Who is it? Who is it that's going to go to Baltimore? Because they're picking right there in the 20s where one of these guys is going to go. 
And it turned out that it was Rashad Bateman. What do you think that we need to do with him in startups? And do you just say, look, I'm going with the talent. I don't care. You know, I don't care that I don't care that they already have Marquise Brown and they have Devin DuVernay and that they oh, they, they, they drafted Tylen Wallace and that they brought in Sammy Watkins and that they still have Miles Boykin and they don't throw the football for shit. Like, what do you what do you think about Bateman? If we don't learn from the past, we're doomed to repeat it. You, you hit the perfect example. You had a player rated in your top five and in A.J. Brown's case, your top one. And we foolishly. All right. Admittedly brought him down because of situation. We don't like the situation in Baltimore because of Greg Roman. You think Greg Roman's going to be there in three years? I mean, he could be, but probably not. What if they bring in an offensive coordinator that decides to throw the ball a hundred more times? Do you think that Roman will be gone because he gets fired or because he gets hired out of there for head coaching? Or it's like, you don't even know it. it it's like what, Kyle Shanahan. Says, one of like, the two. Who, 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 like who knows if he'll even be alive. And then they, right. Exactly. So, <laughs> so if they win a super, if they win a super bowl, then he's going to get hired away. If they continue to fall short of the super bowl, he's going to get fired away. So, so either way, they're go- and it's just like when you're dating. You go, you break up with someone and you go for someone the complete opposite. If you're going out with a nice conservative person, you're going to go for a wild person the next, the, the next uh, girlfriend or boyfriend and vice versa. So they're going with this running offense. Lamar's going to age another two years. And that you're not worried about Rashad Bateman for this year. You're worried about, you want to see him in year two and year three. And they're going to have a wide open offense as Lamar runs less. And they, if they had another hundred pass attempts, you're going to be regretting that you didn't have Rashad Bateman if you have that high of a grade on him, which you do. I am. I see him getting discounted to pick two and three in these rookie drafts. And in one QB leagues, there's no excuse to take him any lower than pick eight or nine. But, uh, I mean, if he's going to go in the top of the second round in some of these super flex drafts, you just got to take him every time. Well, I I – I don't know if I can take him at two because let me. I could take just, Trey Sermon. I mean, that's who that's who goes there. It's either Sermon, Michael Carter, Michael uh, Bateman, Carter. or Elijah Moore, or um, it would be a. Te- uh, yeah. Well, what What about? I mean, I've seen I've seen Rondale. I mean Waddle. Yeah, so seen, Waddle I mean, usually Waddle. goes inside that top twelve. Like he's locked in at that eleven twelve spot. He's going yeah. ahead of Bateman, and rightfully so. Yeah, well, well, right, because he's he's got the draft capital, and yeah. you know we had him rated higher. Um, his situation probably with Will Fuller only on a one year contract. It's like yeah. I mean, you you take I think you you go Chase, you go Smith, you go Waddle. Um, then after that, it's like how do you feel about a lot? You know, Elijah Moore. I mean, I personally had rated higher than Bateman, but as a consensus, we did not. Trashman had a low, much lower grade on Rashad Bateman or on Elijah Moore than either. Byron or I did, which just barely ticked up Bateman ahead of him. So yeah, I mean, I think I can, I think I can agree. I had moved Rondale more up into that area. Mm-hmm. You don't think that he deserves consideration? Oh, he there, does. There in Arizona. Yeah, I mean that that's the next cluster, right? So uh, Rashad Bateman's the best talent of that group in the worst situation of that group. So we just talked about that. It's a sharp dynasty strategy to. On to discount situation because the situation is not going to be what it is in two years from now. Right now, Lamar Jackson's in a running system where they they don't throw a lot. I bet you right now you don't even, you could probably get Rashad Bateman next year. I love getting guys like that. Like I I know you're not a big Henry Ruggs uh, fan, and you know for good reason he didn't show much. Oh, but no, Jerry, I, Ju- but I I just got done. I just got done. <laughs> I was having to watch the new, new uh, Alabama versus New Mexico State 2019 just 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 yesterday scouting this uh, watching this New Mexico State linebacker and I just I forgot that he, how 
I just I haven't seen Henry Ruggs be the Alabama Henry Ruggs in the NFL in a while. It reminded me that Henry Ruggs is a bad is a bad yeah. fucking man. Well, like, absolutely, he, and that's he, he he hasn't been used right. You know, right. Well, that's the point is that you probably can get Rashad Bateman cheaper next year, just like Jerry Judy right now. Jerry Judy's as cheap as he's ever going to be in the rest of his career. So if you you know people are like eh, you know take him in the sixth round in one QB leagues, eighth round in these superflex leagues, he would be going where some of the other rookies that performed are going. This is the time to get him. He. Uh, Judy was in a bad situation. Bateman's not in an optimal situation. So to answer your question is you can have a, you could take one of these other guys that's in a better situation and then maybe buy Bateman on the discount next year. And when I say discount, you're not going to get him for zero, but you'll be able to give your late first round rookie pick for him next year. You'll be able to do that, which is going to feel like an overpay. But you know, what's an overpay today? Certainly sometimes isn't it tomorrow. You have to take those type of risks. What do you think about just a few other things? Let's just talk about a few of these rookie running backs. Um, I like where you put Najee Harris in the initial in the initial rankings. I think that that's I think that it's actually I think it's actually perfect. Good. Um, with, you know where do you want to say where I put him at RB nine? Yeah, RB nine. I think it's perfect. And then you have Travis Etienne at RB eleven. I don't know if I'd have him above J.K. Dobbins. Um, what's your rationale for having him above Dobbins? Right, that's the only. That's the only one where I see is I think he should either be RB eleven or RB twelve. Let me um, ask you a question. And that's, just, and that's just due to, and that's just, that's only due to the fact that guys like, you know, Aaron Jones is 27, Derrick Henry's 27, you know, and then I, I would much rather have ETN than a guy like, you know, Clyde or, you know, one of these other guys. I think Joe Mixon needs to come up these rankings just a little bit. I forgot. Agree. I agree with you there. There's a lot of, a lot of positive momentum for him, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I'm going to ask you a hypothetical, Alex. If James Robinson was traded to the Falcons tomorrow, where would you rank ETN? Um, you know what's do you know what's funny is people keep talking about James Robinson and Urban Meyer stops you at the press conference. Saying, don't don't forget Carlos. So it's like you forget that he's also there too. Um, but yeah. the uh, Carlos Hyde. But yeah, the, no, I, uh, I I got. I mean, no one is no one's taking that seriously. Right. You know, no one's, you know, it's yeah, sure. Sure. It's like, Oh, don't forget this guy. I used to, you know, I don't want to make him. It, it's, it was almost like a, a mercy signing. It feels like there's right. nothing that he's going to contribute from a fantasy football perspective. So if, if Robinson, where would I take Robinson? If he went to, the no, no. If Robinson ETN. was traded tomorrow, where would Travis ETN's dynasty RB ranking be? You said 11's a little high over Dobbins. Would you, if there was no Robinson on the roster tomorrow, where would you, feel comfortable ranking ETN in our dynasty running back ranks. I mean, in PPR, I, yes, I think, I mean, I would have him in, I don't even know. It's like, because if you think above about Dobbins. it, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. above Dobbins. Right. Yeah. And if I also think maybe above Antonio Gibson. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I mean, just point. Because, just because, is, just, yeah. just, just, just because I know. Look, I know Antonio Gibson is going to catch a bunch of footballs, but I just know Travis Etienne in this offense is. I mean, the fact that Urban Meyer said Urban Meyer called him a third down back, which made me think, all right, if we're if we're going to get if we're going to get these guys grinding it out, you know, between the tackles on for, on on early downs and James Robinson and maybe Carlos, the the corpse of Carlos Hyde, that Travis Etienne is at least going to be deployed as a massive receiving weapon you would think you're not going to p- take a guy at number 25 was 25 overall yeah because Najee went 24 ETN went 25 um you're not going to take a guy at 25 overall 
that you're not planning on incorporating into the offense ASAP. And the way it seems like they want to incorporate him is the way that he lo- he's looked awesome in college, which is a, is a pass catcher. Now, if there's no James Robinson and all you're left to deal with is Carlos Hyde, that means he's going to, you know, ETN's going to at least get 50% of the carries. And then you also get what he was sort of slated for, which could, I mean, he could be a four and a half, five target per game kind of guy. I mean, you know, you get that plus you get the 50% of touches. All of a sudden now you're looking at true volume with a player that should be able to hold up 215, 210 pounds, however, whatever his playing weight ends up being with with all that speed and an offense that's going to be greatly improved. I kind of I kind I think I would take him above, I think I would take him at RB10. I was thinking it would kind it would kind of be a t- toss-up whether I would take him or Najee Harris. If, yeah, well, that's that the point. Situation changed like that, so that's the point. Yeah, so I think he's appropriately slotted. If you, if but, you like, but, Dobbins, on, but, but do you think that James Robinson is going to get traded to the Falcons? No, but point is, is that I think it was kind of Urban Meyer to call uh, ETN the third down back. You can't come in as a new coach with an established veteran locker room and say. Hey, the guy I just drafted is the guy. Sorry, everyone move out of the way. He's going to go, oh, he's just our third down back. Let's see what happens when Travis Etienne's talent on the practice field just shows. We like James Robinson. He did a great job last year, It was, but it was a lot of volume. It was volume driven. It's going to be, I would say, in short order, a 65 to 35 split in Etienne's favor. He cannot call him the unquestioned starter before they even have a practice. It is coach speak. Travis Etienne is the locked-in RB1 on that team. 